Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hey folks, welcome to another edition of Dog Walk Talk presented to you by Dogs HQ. I'm your host, Jake Roos. Uh, with me today, not Palmer Toms, uh, the much more handsome and intelligent Chad Simmons, uh, Director hey. of Recruiting over at On3.com. Uh, Chad, love to take a jab at Palmer when I, he's not on the show. So, uh, uh, But uh, hey, got a lot of respect for you and, uh, and, and uh, you know, love working with you. And I'm um, really glad you could join us today on Dog Walk Talk, man. Yeah, I'm going to definitely record this myself and get that to my wife. You know, somebody else gave me a compliment about my looks and my face and everything. So I appreciate that. I haven't heard that probably since we got married like 18 years ago. So I'm glad. I'm glad that uh, I heard that from you, Jake. But no, happy to be here. Glad to be part of a team with guys like yourself. What we're building here at On3, obviously exciting times for both of us. And uh, obviously probably exciting times for Kirby Smart and that staff in Athens too right now. No question about it, man. I mean, it's been a real role they've been on just over the course of the last week. Uh, you know, um, earlier on Wednesday, uh, Michael Williams goes ahead and pulls the trigger, flips straight from USC to Georgia, something which I feel like we just don't see a lot of anymore, just a straight up flip. Um, then, uh, you know, on Monday evening, you've got Alu Ba uh, goes ahead and uh, commits to Georgia soon thereafter from his decommitment of FSU. And then the prior Wednesday, we're talking about Oscar Delp, one of the top tight ends in the nation. Georgia's just on a hot streak right now, and it feels like they got a lot of momentum for guys coming up. Let's start. Yeah, with, they really are. Well, yeah, let's start with that trio, though, of guys. And, uh, you know, I, I'm interested kind of in your thoughts, uh, you know, your, your evaluations of those guys. 
Uh, let's start with the most recent, Michael Williams. I mean, five-star guy, one of the top guys in the nation for us at On3.com, a guy that I know you've seen plenty of times uh, in the course of uh, his high school career. Um, you know, what is it that makes Michael a five-star, and, and how do you feel like he fits into this Georgia class, man? Yeah, I mean, Michael is is clearly, in my eyes, one of the most talented players in this class, and not just now, but just potentially with upside. You talk about what he brings to the table now at 6'5", maybe pushing 6'6", 265 pounds, as athletic as he is. And, you know, for me, going back to when I initially started evaluating him, you know, late freshman, sophomore year, um, some of the most memorable plays I remember is when he played tight end. And you see a guy like that that runs 30 and 40 yards down the field, going up, making a play, high-pointing the football, coming down, you know, with two different defenders around him, making plays like that. Then you go back and look and realize he's a defensive lineman, you know, running like that, moving like that, controlling his body like that, uh, exploding like that. I mean, he's a kid that I think has untapped potential. I mean, he's a guy that at his size, the way he bends, the way he explodes off the ball. And you think about where he can be with college development physically uh, from a positional standpoint, technique wise, and you see a future first round NFL draft pick. That, that's what you see, knowing him as a person, his drive, his mentality, his work ethic, and what he brings to the table outside of the natural athleticism and size. Um, he's special. And obviously Georgia not giving up when he committed to USC paid off for them, you know, just this week. Yeah, no question about it. You know, and uh, it's interesting that you say, you know, seeing him play tight end and that coming to mind because there's another guy on Georgia's defense who's really balling out who did that. That's Jalen Carter. Uh, he did that in a pop cup, played tight end, was a fantastic tight end for them as well. Um, you know, so that athleticism goes a long way. And also, too, I mean, I don't know that people really appreciate enough the premium on pass rushers right now. I mean, I, I think that it's corners and pass rushers are everybody's looking for the next great one, because in this era of, of passing, you know, of so much high level passing, you got to have those guys who can get back there and disrupt. 100%. I mean, the game is played fast. It's a different tempo now. And if you don't have guys that can get up the field in a hurry, uh, it's not about building a pocket for three and four seconds anymore. It's about you got to get back there like that. I mean, it's not about play action, seven, nine-step drops. I mean, th these guys know for the most part where they're going with the football, you know, before the snap scene. At least they're trying to get there. Sure. You know, and your defense has to, be, has to be just as fast and react just as quickly. And, you know, that's why you can get away with maybe different types of defensive backs. They don't have to cover near as long now. You know, you got to have that front seven that can pressure the quarterback, and you got to have an interchangeable front seven for different types of situations from you know third and fourth and short to second and long and passing downs and you got to have these guys that can be disruptive um like Michael can and he's a three down guy he's a lot like Trayvon Walker where you know he can play outside in Georgia's you know main scheme you know the odd man front when it comes to passing downs you slide him inside and create mismatches there because of his quickness and get up the field so uh, again Michael's a huge get for Georgia and really fits I think really what anybody wants in a defensive lineman in today's college game. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I know that there were people saying, you know, I, they, and people, I guess, always get worried when they see this flip thing. You know, uh, how solid is he now? I, I got the sense in reading what you put out that this was uh, this seems signed, sealed and delivered at this point. 
Yeah, I mean, when when you know the whole story and kind of how this thing, and I think this, the title of my story come full circle, that's truly what happened here. I mean, he he was all but committed to Georgia, whatever, eight, nine months ago, you know, and once the buzz got out there about potentially visits opening up, he decided to take a step back, wait for that opportunity. And, and what happened there, he just fell in love with L.A., uh, his half-brother, Michael Triggs, there, committed to USC right off that visit to USC in June. Uh, but we always knew Georgia was right there. They finished number two at that point. They were number one probably for the eight or nine months leading up to that decision. Uh, and they never went away. So um, like he said, Georgia's always been in his heart. Um, he got caught up and loved USC at the moment. They had a coaching change in September that opened the window for Georgia and the rest is kind of history. But I agree with you. This one, in my opinion, is done. He'll be at Georgia in January. Yeah, I think so as well. And I think, too, it's a good gift for the class because he's a well-connected guy. I mean, a lot of kids know him. A lot of kids respect him. He's tight with Kristen Miller, especially. That should benefit Georgia possibly down the line. Um, you know, I think that there's just – there's there's no underrating a pickup when you get a five-star, but a guy of this caliber at this position, I think even bigger and to some degree. Yeah, I mean, other people notice for sure. Yeah. Um, now let's take it back to Monday. We'll do these in reverse order. And that's, uh, am I saying it right? Is it Aluba? You are. Right. Okay. Right. It's not like right. it's like in so. Jungle Book or something. You know, like that. <laughs> when I think about that name, I think about Alu and Ba. I mean, yeah. you know, but obviously he's a, he'd be a big, huge character in a, in a Jungle Book movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think he'd be right there with Baloo, man. I mean, the, the <laughs> dancing bear, no kidding about it. I mean, Big body guy, uh, former FSU commit, really just backed off of that recently. Uh, what, within the last two weeks, I guess it's been. And uh, Georgia pretty much makes a, a great impression on the visit, kind of gets it done, sutured up. Uh, you know, just your thoughts on, you know, this kid as a player. I mean, I, I think really that's the thing most people don't know about him, uh, you know, uh, as opposed to a guy like Michael that they've seen in state a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, obviously with – Ba, I started covering him when he was in Tennessee, came from Memphis, uh, one of the top programs there, um, transferred down, you know, right before, I guess, COVID uh, to IMG. And his goal there was to play better competition, uh, to get better um, and just maximize his ability, his, uh, his potential. And obviously he felt being his size and not saying he's cocky, but his skill set maybe he wasn't getting tested enough, you know, in the Memphis high school area that played over to him committing to Georgia. He feels like that he can get, he can get better at Georgia day to day practice wise going against the defensive lineman in Georgia. And I think this has been a long time coming uh, maybe even longer than with Michael. You know, I think it goes back to him. He committed to FSU in the spring, uh, took a, two visits to Georgia in June, took the official visit, went right back the next weekend because he loved it so much and then returned again for the Arkansas game. So I think really this has been kind of in play even before FSU struggled out of the gates this season, uh, him having second thoughts about, hey, do I want to be at FSU? Do I want to be at Georgia uh, because of the pot the potential and the competition? Um so obviously a big get there. And he's a guy that Georgia needs offensive linemen. He's a swing guy, can play right tackle, can play guard. Um, I think long-term he's a guard at Georgia. He's physical. He's big. Uh, he plays with power. Uh, he's got to, I think, you know, refine his game as far as agility, his bend, you know, playing better pad level. But that that's all in Matt Luke's hands now. I mean, he's a guy that definitely has the size and the skill set Georgia covets. Yeah, and I think, too, that uh, it was a good get for Georgia because – 
the like you mentioned, the necessity of getting offensive linemen, but also I think it was going to be a challenge for Georgia this year, given how many guys they brought in last year. I mean, uh, you brought in a full class of linemen uh, last year. And so, you know, convincing some of these guys, like you said, you got Ba now, uh, Jacob Hood, who's a, a, a monster of a man, uh, and then uh, Griffin Scroggs, and then, you know, Ernest Green, I guess, still in the fold as well. I mean, they could put together a really another solid back-to-back class when it comes to offensive line. And quite frankly, that's become a hallmark of Georgia under Kirby Smart. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think this is the big need for them, you know, offensive line. I mean, they're still out there searching for – you know, at least one more, maybe two more, you know, in this class. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think he kind of fits body-wise, you know, kind of what you want in the SEC in Georgia being, you know, a physical team up front, wanting to create those those running lanes for those big running backs they recruit every year and obviously protect their quarterback in the future. And, again, I think Ba uh, has a lot of room to develop. He's far from a, a finished product. You know, I think he's got a – you know, he, he plays a lot at IMG, but they have so many good offensive linemen. They rotate guys in and out. So I, I think you would see him come in. I think it will take some time to kind of get – used to the SEC slash Georgia style of play. And again, I think it'll be some work for Matt Lute to get him ready uh, to play in that and on that level. Yeah, no, I, I can see that for sure. All right. Working in reverse order though. Uh, you know, Aluba comes on Monday and then right before that uh, this past Wednesday, uh, the pickup of Oscar Delt, man, uh, another guy, another guy. I know you've seen a lot, Chad, and uh, a guy that I think Georgia fans have a lot to be excited about based on what they've seen out of Brock Bowers this year. Feels like that's a pretty natural progression and a guy who fits into that mold well. Yeah, I kind of feel bad a little bit for Delp. You know, do what, what Bowers has done so far. I mean, adds a little bit of expectations and pressure because he has been compared to a guy like Brock Bowers and, uh, obviously, Bowers has capitalized on the opportunity he was given to start this season. So, obviously, you know, I think Georgia recruited Delp, you know, and I know he told me this directly, that they want to use those guys together in the same personnel groupings and create mismatches. And both those guys are obviously new age tight ends, more of the modern hybrid guys, big receiver, uh, not necessarily known as like primarily blockers off the line of scrimmage and things like that, but they can definitely – you know, make plays down the field. We've seen Bowers do it in college. We've seen Delp do it in high school. We had those expectations for Delp as well, being similar uh, in body type, very similar as far as a runner and athlete and very similar ball skills. I mean, he's got a big catch radius. He can go up and high point the football and very fluid, uh, plays lacrosse. He's an athletic kid. Um, The thing about Delp, I think that may be a little bit different from Bowers. I think he comes a little bit more, Physically mature, body-wise, strength-wise. I think he plays better competition uh, week in and week out where he's at in Georgia compared to maybe the wine country of Napa Valley in California. That obviously didn't hurt hurt Bowers because he came in ready to play uh, in a big way. So I think, obviously, we kind of saw this one coming uh, with Delp. We felt Georgia led for many, many, many months. Uh, And, yeah, of course, he got family in South Carolina, that gave him a lot to think about being he can come in and, and be right away, probably starter uh, for them uh, with their roster and and do different things there. And of course, Clemson made a run in Michigan and all that. But big, big win for Georgia in the end. Delp, again, very recognizable guy in this class. Uh, these kids know him. Um you know, guys behind him, he plays within 707 and 23 and 24. They respect who he is as a player, his work ethic, his mentality. And I think, you know, as good as he is on the field, maybe better off the field. As far as a, 
class act, student athlete, hard worker, attitude, leadership. Um, He's a big get for Georgia, not just on the field, but off the field as well. Yeah, he's a guy that I think we'll be seeing on media days a lot. He'll he'll be coming up for interviews for sure. And, you know, I, I told people too, personally, haven't met both of them in person now. I think that I think Delp may have an inch or two on Bowers. I think that he's a, I mean, I think he may be a true six, three, six, four Bowers, probably, I think a little closer to six, two, uh, if I were guessing, but you know, Georgia, like I said, a strong run for him. Those are three guys, three of the top players in the nation. Um, no, no question about it. Uh, no matter which rankings you're looking at, obviously we use the on three rankings, of course, but, um, you know, Chad, I wanted to, uh, move into, you know, looking beyond this, you know, Georgia wants to keep this momentum rolling. And to me, it feels like they can. Yeah, if they don't, I'd be shocked. You know, whether it happens tomorrow or, or next week, I mean, we, we both know, you know, a lot of work is done behind the scenes. And like when things actually pop and go public, that's up to the kid and how things play out. You know, obviously we know timelines change every day. You know, one kid says Tuesday to us and it ends up being two weeks later, you know, so I can say with confidence that there's a lot of positivity behind the scenes in this Georgia class right now. When things happen, it's still yet to be determined. Uh, But I I think things could happen sooner than later with a guy like Jaheim Singletary. Uh, We just saw, you know, uh, Shamar James decommit from Florida. He was coming off his official visit to Georgia. uh, And we know Georgia is very hard on both those kids, one in Alabama, one in Florida. Uh, Speaking of Florida DBs, Kamari Wilson from IMG teammates with a Lou Bob. I've, I've kind of been waiting for him to pop at some point. I felt really Georgia has been the driver's seat there really since like pre-summer. You know, I think, you know, I don't know if he's made a decision or not completely, but the buzz has been around Georgia, according to my sources, for months. Uh, so kind of just wait to see what happens there. But they're in play for a lot of kids. Some guys we can talk about, some guys we cannot <laughs> yet until that time is right. Uh, but I do think you'll see Georgia continue this momentum and really push for a top three class in the end, which started this class started a little bit slow, uh, is really picking up some major steam now. I think when all is said and done, Georgia will be in a top three, potentially challenged for the top spot in the country. I think that's fair. I, I really do. I think that, um, you know, Palmer and I were running through the numbers and the names last night. And I said, man, this is this has that kind of potential. I mean, especially if some of these uh, pieces start to fall into place that, like you said, you that, that kind of behind the scenes we're hearing. Um, you know, we've touched on a lot of these guys. I guess, Chad, looking at this this group, you know, the other five star in it uh, right now, currently Malachi Starks. Uh, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on him. What makes him such a special player? What makes him such a uh, versatile athlete? And frankly, what what allows him to check in at the five star range? Oh, I think everything you see from an athletic standpoint, you know, he's a star on the track field. You know, he can play basketball. He plays quarterback safety whatever his team needs him to at Jefferson in football. Uh, And I think you look at the upside once he's able to kind of move away, you know, from that quarterback position, you know, and with him playing quarterback, you really have to, you know, in my opinion, see him play in person or see him practice. And because obviously quarterback, he'll make his share of athletic plays. He's going to, the way they run their triple option and little old school veer offense. And, you know, he runs the ball 15, 20 times a game on defense because, 
touch a key play on offense. They keep him 15, 20 yards off the field, but off the line of scrimmage because they want him to get involved in too many physical plays to maybe take away from his quarterback ability from play on Friday night. So you don't really see him a lot in the action unless maybe four or five times a game coming up to make a play on the pass or something like that. He don't want to, they don't want him to be in too aggressive on defense because of what he is to them on offense. So to get a good feel for who he is, you got to see him play. Yeah. And I've seen, been forced to see him play a couple of times. And, you know, people want to talk about him being maybe a Roquan Smith type. I don't know if I see him there yet as a true linebacker, but I do think he is a inside the box type of safety that can use on blitz packages, a guy that can play the run. He can run the alley at safety. Uh, he can play in coverage uh, and he's a great athlete that I think you look at potentially where he can be with his size, his track times, his athleticism, his versatility. Um, and again, knowing him away from the game, just his mentality, man, he's a team guy. He works. He's a natural leader. Um, he's not big vocally, but leads by example and he competes. And I think, he checks so many boxes when you think about potential first round guy. And then you also put that with what George is doing from a developmental standpoint and what they're building from their year to year NFL guys. Um, and I think it's hard not to see him as a five star player. And again, it's all about projection sure. um, and with what he brings to the table, potentially as that versatile athlete that can play the pass, can play the run, physicality, size, speed. That's why he's a five-star for us on on three. Now, I one more guy I wanted to ask you about, uh, just kind of, uh, you know, uh, as we wrap up these evaluation talks, I guess. Um, a guy that you got to see that not a lot of people have gotten to see and maybe don't talk about enough, I think, in this class, but a guy that behind the scenes I've heard Georgia really loves and is really thrilled to have in this class, and that's Ja'Cory Thomas uh, out of uh, Orlando, Florida. You know, you had a chance to get out there and see him. I haven't had a chance to see him in person. You know, your takeaways from this kid. I mean, how? Uh, what? What is it that seems to have the Bulldogs so uh, so stoked about that one? You know, I think another guy that's very physical, uh, very athletic. You know, somewhat. I don't want to say underrated or unknown, but like you said, not talked about enough. He quietly got the offer from Georgia. You know, early summer they evaluated him all the way through the spring. Uh, they were getting like seven on seven tape and, you know, a spring workout video, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then they got him on campus, you know, early in June, he got the offer committed, you know, a couple of weeks later. Um, the thing about him that stands out is probably athleticism, physicality, and aggression. You know, he plays a little bit of, you know, everywhere for his team in, in Orlando, uh, Boone high school. Um, but I think what, caught my attention the most probably is seeing him in seven on seven in June uh, in May is just his ball skills, you know, his instincts, you know, and being at that size and breaking on the ball, making a play. I was at a seven on seven uh, here in Atlanta, which his team won actually. Um, I think he had five picks in two games and like he's back there playing safety and, you know, just making great reads, great breaks on the ball. And it wasn't bad thrown passes, but him being in the right place at the right time and making a play on the football. And I think Georgia saw that when they worked him out privately in June uh, where he earned that offer. Um, and again, I saw him play. I mean, I had to wait in a crazy two hour weather delay uh, with lightning and rain and all that in Orlando a couple of weeks ago, but you know, and his team got beat pretty good. I mean, I played a very good team. Um, so, I mean, it's 
they only scored seven points and gave up like 40 something, but it was nothing to do with, with Jacory. And again, his play, I think, I think he's a kid that could sneak on the field and play early at Georgia uh, just because I think body wise, he's ready. He understands the position, which I think, again, he could play inside the box. He could be that Rover type guy could play that star position could be even using some linebacker situations. He's a versatile kid that's athletic and physical with great instincts. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I mean, they're going to need to replace two safeties after this year, very likely. So uh, the door will be open. And certainly I, I think that he's a guy who will be in the mix. You know, Chad, you, you're on the road as much as anybody in the industry, if not more than anybody in the industry. Uh, you talk to more kids. I mean, what's the general feel around Georgia right now from the guys you've spoken to, coaches you've interacted with? I mean, you know, what is it that's keeping this team uh, recruiting at such a high level? And and also it's translating into on-field on success as well. You know, I think you hear about, you know, the coaching staff first. I mean, starting with Kirby, you know, I think, you know, everywhere I go that where Georgia comes up or coaches bring up Georgia or whatever, it starts with Kirby. You know, I think people that have gotten to whether it be know him or have players recruited by him or his staff or have been to, you know, Georgia's camps over the summer or coaching clinics or whatever it may be. The common thing I hear about Kirby is nobody is more driven than he is to be successful. As far as competitor, getting the most out of his staff, getting the most out of his players, uh, hands-on recruitment of players, pushing his staff to work hard, recruiting players, developing players, coaching players, pushing players. That, that's probably the biggest thing I hear about Georgia is just it starts at the top. You know, I think everybody is kind of waiting now for Georgia to, to reach the top. You know, obviously they're they're there right now in a ranking, but they haven't won the biggest game yet. And I think that's kind of the missing piece, you know, for Georgia. And again, we you know, I always say, you know, wins and losses in recruiting don't necessarily matter that much in the end. But I, I I'll definitely say this. This season for Georgia has helped in a big way. Now, they still probably would have landed the majority of these guys. But when you see other teams maybe struggling a little bit, but yet Georgia capitalizing at this point, having the perfect season on paper um, with their defense being what McHale called dominant. And you hear that a lot, you know, and from whether it be from high school guys or college football analysts, and you can't deny Georgia's defense and their success this season. Uh, but I think just their, their recruiting, not so much plays to this season, but it goes back to Kirby and just what he's building there, the consistency of them knocking on the door. Um, and then now, you know, I think it's kind of, I don't want to say all coming together, but you've seen guys like Quay Walker be there for three years. You've seen guys like Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, the player development. Jordan Davis was a three-star coming from North Carolina, a great program in Mallard Creek that people question, why is Georgia taking Jordan Davis? What you saw last year and definitely this year is why Georgia recruited Jordan Davis, who has now gone from a three-star to potentially first-round draft pick. You know, so Georgia has a plan. And I think guys are recognizing that Georgia understands personnel groupings, how to develop players. And you don't have to play every down to become a first, second-round draft pick. Georgia will put you in position to shine and be successful. And I think kids are seeing that, coaches are seeing that. And again, it starts at Kirby Smart, you know, working its way down through the staff, through the players. And I think people that don't get talked about enough are those guys that, like a Will Muschamp, a defensive analyst, like a, 
you know, Coach Gordon that assists Matt Luke on the offensive line. You hear more and more about not just Georgia guys, but whether it be Alabama guys like that or Florida guys like that or whoever it may be. Those guys don't get enough, I think, praise or recognition. I know in a lot of my stories I do now, kids mention them. And I definitely write about them because they recruit those players as much, if not more, than Matt Luke or whoever may be the lead recruiter is. So uh, it's it's a whole group effort at Georgia that starts at the top with Kirby Smart. Last thing for you, Chad, you mentioned, you know, that idea of, of that missing piece. If Georgia's able to get over the hump this year, let's just, you know, play hypotheticals and say that they can. How do you think that affects their recruiting and their ability moving forward? I mean, it feels like it's a self-perpetuating machine already at this point, but, you know, can they even turn the dial up one more notch if they're able to get over that hump? I think there's no doubt. If you get that ring and you can become Saban-esque and you start Kirby Smart has that ring box in his office <laughs> yeah. and those kids come in with that automatic button under your door to open the door, shut the door, and you've got the, at least one ring to build on. I mean, we I think we both know in this industry for a long time now, Bama, they have to recruit, but Bama recruits itself. You know, what they do on the field, player development, how they win, what they do in the NFL draft year after year, breaking records, you know, speaks for itself. You know, I think Georgia is on the cusp of that. You know, we've seen what they've done the last couple drafts, what they're doing on the field this year. Um, So, yes, you know, I I do think Georgia, if they can get over that hump, um, they've won pretty much every game but that game. And if they can win that game, uh, it's hard to see them slowing down in the near future what they have built to this point and will continue to build on the recruiting trail in the years to come. If they can win that one, that that final game, uh, I mean, it's gonna be they're gonna be right there talked about with Alabama, you know, as far as you know, year after year being that national competitor, you know, I feel like you know, they're they're right there. And I think that can only elevate your recruitment just that much more. Again, they can't go that much better, that much higher the way they're recruiting, but maybe they miss one or two kids every year because kids maybe had their questions about that. If they win that game. To me, all questions have been answered. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. I know that's what everybody on our site over at Dogs HQ is going to be hoping for uh, and hoping that we can revisit you for that conversation <laughs> later on down the road. Um, but, Chad, thank you so much for taking some time out for us, brother. I uh, appreciate everything you do over at On3. Uh, and uh, like I said, man, pleasure to work with you. It's, uh, it, it's always great. And uh, thanks for coming on Dog Walk Talk, man. Anytime. Thanks, Jake. All right, guys, that wraps it up for today with Chad Simmons. I'm Jake Roos. Make sure to get over to Dogs HQ and check us out. We'll catch you next time on Dog Walk Talk. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, It's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. 
Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York.